What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 17 of the Fiends Podcast. I am your host, Larry, and I am here with my longtime friend. He's the outlaw white dog, often called by his alias polar bear. Everybody give it up for my co-host, Nick. What's up, motherfucker? Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Back the fuck up. Yep, it's going to be that kind of show. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude. We got to get in the mood. We got to get in the mood for... We're going to talk about Limp Bizkit. We got to be Limp Bizkit. We got to be Limp Bizkit. I mean, we can't actually be Limp Bizkit, but we can try. We can... Yeah, we can uh, channel the aura of Limp Bizkit. Now, if this is your first time listening to us, we are one half of the band Fiends. If you want to check out our music, we have two EPs up, Witch House and Nervous Wreck, and you can find those on all major streaming platforms. We also have three music videos up on YouTube. They're not, they're not hard to find, so check it out. Let us know what you think. Just a quick reminder of where you can find us on social media. That's facebook.com slash the fiends podcast, Instagram at the fiends podcast, and over on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash fiends TX. You can find the video version of this podcast posted every single Friday, or if you're like me and you like to listen to these things, you know, on your commute or at work or when you're uh, running. You can find the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or pretty much every other platform out there. So we are coming off a one-week hiatus, and we're, we're just going to be real with you. Like, we're, we're doing Juggalo shit. Juggalo! Fago! We were actually commissioned uh, by the ICP to help inner-city youth groups by organizing several food drives within our community. That's true. And we also were in charge of setting up local Fago stations in every park in the Edinburgh and McAllen area. So in case you don't want any water, well, there's a nice little Fago station there. And don't worry, we have, we have one of our juggalos, one of our family members there right next to the station to wipe it down, keep it, you know, keep it clean for everybody. Keep it sanitary. You know, it's COVID times. Um, but, you know, we're juggalos. We're family. Family. And I'm, I am pleased to announce that over this past weekend and all our fundraisers, we, uh, we raised a total of $75 in donations. We so did it. that's for all the little boys and girls. And actually, this podcast is dedicated to all the juggalos and the juggalettes. This is for juggalos and juggalettes. Don't try this out. I hope you like it. So today we are talking Limp Biscuit, and this is the second in our series of Versus episodes. And this is where we pit two iconic albums and put them up against each other to find out which album is the superior record. Last time we did Corn, and we put up Follow the Leader, and we put it up against Issues. And I think it was pretty unanimous that, that Issues is the better album. I agree. 
And so today we're going to be taking a look at Limp Bizkit's sophomore album, Significant Other from 1999. And we're going to put it up against 2000's Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. This one's much tougher, in my opinion, than Follow the Leader versus Issues. So this is going to be a good one, man. So we'll we'll get to all of that in just a few moments. But right now, we need to give some love to our sponsors. So we want to thank our sponsors for this week for keeping this podcast afloat, for supporting us monetarily. And actually, we're going to go ahead and pay some bills right now. But when we come back, we're going to talk Limp Biscuit. So we'll be back with more of The Fiends Podcast. If only we could fly. And now you can. Introducing Limp Bizkit Airlines, the first private airline service for 90s new metal fans. Designed to recreate the ultimate 90s experience, Limp Bizkit Airlines offers you the safe travel of the skies without those boring government mandates. Mask? No mask? Who cares? You're an individual that doesn't conform to society's dress code. Six feet apart? How about six inches from your face as I tell you, don't ever judge me. Limp Biscuit Airlines is the only way to fly. But don't take my word for it. Listen to this stupid corporate executive. Every Limp Biscuit Airlines ticket comes with a complimentary 2-liter bottle of Pepsi and a mega grab bag of Cool Ranch Dorito. As for entertainment, play in style on any one of our 40-inch flat-screen TVs to your choice of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or SmackDown Just Bring It on the PlayStation 2. Here at Limp Bizkit Airlines, your safety is our number one priority. In case of emergency, your overhead cabin will deploy a pair of Jinko jeans that not only serves as a bold fashion statement of non-conformity, but it also doubles as a flotation device. Just pull the ripcord and watch them expand in water. So what are you waiting for? Stop rolling, rolling, rolling to your next destination and fly in the fast lane. Limp Bizkit Airlines, for all the hot mamas, pimp daddies, and the people rolling up in caddies. For the rockers, the hip hoppers, and all the people all around the world. Book your flight now. So, Limp Bizkit is probably, probably the most culturally significant band of the last 25 years, probably of all time. Maybe, dude. I mean, just think about it. Like, there hasn't really been a band that just, just, just stole headlines and just shook the world like that. I mean, they they paved the way for all the new bands, but I, I think they even paved the way for bands that came before them. Like, I, I think I read somewhere that the Beatles were actually influenced by Limp Biscuit. They were actually influenced by $3 bills, y'all. Yeah, rumor has it that um rumor has it that John Lennon asked Fred Durst for help to write Imagine. Imagine there's no heaven. Shut the fuck up. What was your first memories of listening to the band? Like how did you discover the band? So, um, it was 1999. It's 1999, baby! And, uh, you know, they, um, I was, I was actually going to the grocery store with my mom. And I, I remember this day, dude, and they played Nookie on the radio. 
And um, Significant Other had already been out for almost a whole year, I think, at this point. But I heard Nookie for the first time on the radio, and I was like, I need this fucking album. Like, I don't even care what the other songs sound like. I, I This is the shit. So, um, in fact, it's funny because I, I don't think I've ever, I've ever admitted this, but when I was that age, so what, we were like eight, nine? We were like eight, I guess, with 99. Yeah. Like, I was a bigger Limp Bizkit fan than a Corn fan, really, at that time. For like a few years. It wasn't until like I got a little bit older that I liked corn more than Limp Bizkit. But um, I went and um, I think that same day my mom bought me Significant Other. <laughs> my parents were cool. And so um, I loved Limp Bizkit, man. I remember jamming Significant Other. And then I, and I remember when Chocolate Starfish came out and I bought that album too. Um, I was stoked, dude. I was like just fucking... Limp Bizkit crazy, man. Was that the first time you ever heard them, like, on, on the radio? It was on the song? radio, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, the, at that time frame, we didn't have... The internet wasn't what it was today. So, I mean, I kind of relied on whatever, you know, maybe you were listening to or, or whatever I may have come across, like, if I went to a concert with my dad or, or it, whatever's on the radio. But, you know, back then, though, you you had 94.5, but you also had 92.7. Remember that? Yeah, the alternative the rock st- So that alternative rock station on the island was much cooler. Shout out to you if you remember that that station. That so was a badass station. That might have been ninety two point seven that played Nookie. That sounds more 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 on up point. there, yeah. more up their aisle there. And so they played a bunch of cool shit back in the day, a bunch of cool new metal stuff and alternative me- uh, rock. So um, I, le- I I found out a lot about bands from those from you know ninety two point seven. Um, you know, we listened to 94.5 and stuff like that every once in a while, but that was around the time that I was like transitioning from fucking cassette tapes to CDs. But yeah, man, I, I loved Limp Bizkit. What about you? Um, so I don't think, like I never bought Significant Other when it came out. I bought it like way after the fact. I think the first album I ever bought from them was Chocolate Starfish. But yeah, I probably discovered them like right after you, probably from you, to be honest. But like it sounds so silly but like even something like mtv like that's how we got like some of our music because all the metal acts were blending in with all the pop acts and the rap acts so like limp biscuit blew up Mm -hmm. like they were all over the place like like limp biscuit was the face of new metal dude it wasn't uncommon for me to turn on like mtv and they were showing like i remember still watching they had like this like album release party at the playboy mansion and you can actually find this on YouTube uh, of Limp Bizkit when they dropped Chocolate Starfish. So it was just like a big old party at the Playboy Mansion. And, and then you had guys, you had Chino from Deftones was there. Mark McGrath was there. Tommy Lee was there. Like a, like Exhibit was there. There's like a bunch of random people just partying just because it was Limp Bizkit's fucking album release party. So it was cool. Um Really, a really cool time to be alive just to see that just like make variety of people hanging out so Limp Bizkit is probably like one of the most polarizing bands probably of all time but do you think that's fair like do you think the criticism that they get do you think that's fair of the band do you understand like why they get that do you think that maybe it's kind of overplayed a little bit people don't hate limp biscuit they hate fred durst <laughs> and you know what fred durst like did a lot of shit to piss people off um he said what he wanted he you know he, there was there's a lot of interviews and like videos of him back like in the late 90s early 2000s of him kind of being a douchebag it's so, like i understand people like not liking him 
But at the same time, I feel like rock and metal needs people. We need people like that. Um, people like that move the needle. They do, man. And, you know, it's, there's no such thing as bad press sometimes, I think, in music. I mean, and um, I, I think that despite how many people he pissed off, Limp Bizkit was still fucking rocking the place. And then, and then you know, they were selling out arenas and shit back at that time frame, man. He was really like the poster child of like the new metal movement, but I think that movement needed a poster child. I mean, there's there's several poster childs. I mean, if you want to throw in like a Marilyn Manson or like, you know, mm-hmm. a couple other people, but like, yeah, we needed somebody to kind of wave the flag for, for metal. Like, it's I, I think a lot of people who hate Fred Durst were just jealous because he got to like fucking live the life and, you know. But that's the thing, like, what i appreciate about the band is like just their origin story of how like this guy hustled Mm -hmm. he hustled to get his band known like they were playing in clubs and they were pulling in like their crowds were getting bigger and bigger like before they were ever signed like you know they're pulling like 1500 2000 kids at like these local club shows and i think the story is like what he he um he got uh the demo to fieldy Mm -hmm. like i think he like was a tattoo artist at the time yeah and like offered, you know, I'll tattoo you. And he showed them the demo while while they were hanging out, and they were about it. They were like into it. And that was kind of like their their foot in the door of like because Corn was blowing up, you know, around the same time or at least about to blow up. Mm-hmm. So like Limp Bizkit, like they came in like the perfect time. But like it all happened with Fred Durst, like networking and like pushing the band. So I mean, like, how can you hate on that? Like the dude, fucking, he did the work and he hustled and he was always like. You know, he was always making noise for his band. Yeah. You you got to respect it, man. And so, I, I mean, I think Fred Durst is fucking cool. I mean, I understand why people wouldn't like him, but I back him. It's so weird, like, the criticism of, like, Limp Bizkit. Like, I feel like people, it's kind of become, like, well, I guess they were Nickelback before Nickelback. But, like, people just hate on it just because it's the cool thing to hate on them. Yeah. But they can't tell you, like, why they don't like it. They can't mm-hmm. tell you, like, why it sucks. Mm-hmm. You know? They just say, oh, it sucks. It's shit. And, like, people like that, like, you know, it's like, do you even know why you hate this? Yeah. Or are you just, like, programmed to hate it? It's dumb, man. I, I see people saying, oh, like, Fred Durst, he's, he's a shitty singer. I love his singing. Dude, when he sings, like, he, I, I, I love his vocals. I mean, I mean, um... The, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff on Results May Vary that a pe- people don't a lot of people don't like that album, but I think it's really good. Um, but I also think that there's some kind of corny songs on that album. But I mean, um, some of his vocals in those songs are just great. I mean, and some of the hooks that he comes up with are catchy. So um, I back Fred Durst, man. They had the catchy stuff. He 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 wasn't just, he he was doing the rapping stuff, but he also had hooks. He had catchy verses. They had the grooves, and the band itself is very underrated too. Sam, I, dude, John Otto and Sam Rivers, so good. Yeah. And of course, West Borland. I mean, West Borland has such a distinct style of playing. Like you can listen to to West Borland playing, you're like, oh, that's West Borland. I was gonna say like West. Normally, I would say like West Borland is like the underrated, like unsung hero of Limp Biscuit, but like we forget about the bass and the drums and like and the dj's dj DJ little dude dj little was so like he's such a pivotal role in that band i mean just think about like the beginning of like uh uh, my way 
Oh yeah. Like you, you can't. He listened to that song without, you know, check, check out, check, check. You know. <laughs> I I think there's some bands where if you take out, like to be honest, if you take out one member, that band can still exist. No, yeah. I mean, look at Slipknot. I mean, we got Jay Weinberg in drums, and it's, and it still sounds it's like still Slipknot. Slipknot, and it sounds fucking tight. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like you take out, you take out Fred Durst. It's not Olympus. No. So people say, you know, like uh, Fred. I would like this band if Fred Durst wasn't in it. Well, if Fred Durst wasn't in it, it would not be. Limp it would not Biscuit. be Limp Bizkit. And and, uh, and they wouldn't be what they are now. And uh, yeah, so I think the rest of the band doesn't get nearly enough credit as they deserve. So let's move on. Um, move on to one of my favorite segments on the show, and we couldn't do a, a limp biscuit episode without doing another installment of best worst lyrics that's the thing about limp biscuit is that that's what we've come to expect like if you can get past that like yeah the lyrics are dumb we know like get over it like nobody ever said that like you know fred durst is like shakespeare so like yeah like the lyrics are gonna be dumb yeah like don't go into it thinking that you're gonna fucking have a trent reznor masterpiece (laughs) you know in movie terms this is not like a chris nolan inception no no this is not this is not chris nolan this is uh I don't know why people like criticize the lyrics so hard. Like they're fucking stupid. Like everybody knows they're stupid. Uh, So I have a few lines from I'm broke. It's just so silly. This song stuck out to me because there's one line that just makes me laugh every single time. But uh, (laughs) there's a part where it's like, somebody's getting choked because now it's time to play the piper. Bombs on the typer. Shit that's in a diaper. Don't make me have to call a sniper. (laughs) So fucking stupid. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's funny because like when we were, we were planning to do this uh larry told me to pick some lyrics and so my mind sh- swiftly went to i'm broke as well and then i found out he picked it when i got here it's like fuck <laughs> so i had to find a, another one but like just just even the same song like bombs are the type of shit that's in a diaper don't, don't make me, me have to call, call a sniper, sniper and wipe your brains off your my windshield wiper you dirty bug <laughs> Oh. what the fuck dude oh, so bad it's good yeah you just can't help but like yeah yeah uh, you're like cringing but also like doing the headbang at the same time you're like uh the other song i i picked was uh the song boiler it's 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 such a it's a it's a small line but it makes me laugh every single time it's the part where he's like i crawled up your bustle now got it and that's when shit got turned around <laughs> which i don't even know if like is that a double entendre but shit probably isn't no, i don't even think he did it intentionally no, but it still makes me laugh but if he did props yeah yeah genius and then like the 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 best part is like so limp biscuit always has like the stupid lyrics but then the chorus is like something super like serious and singing <laughs> like sometimes something turn it to dumb things yeah but i mean that's true right he's not wrong sometimes some things do turn into dumb things yeah we've all been there like he's he's not wrong he's a he's he's pretty straightforward 
like and that's what i like about it because like you can be intellectual all you want but i like lyricists that just like get straight to the point so do i like sometimes i don't want to be like oh i think this song is about this or it's like no this song's about this 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 guy's talking shit to this girl because she heard him (laughs) do you have one yeah i do so mine is going to be from living it up off the chocolate starfish album and uh, it's just like a quick line uh this one you and i have always laughed about Here's a toast to the females sipping on champagne from a seashell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's like, okay. <laughs> what rhymes with female? Seashell. seashell. <laughs> and that's it. He probably wrote these lyrics in like 10 minutes. Yeah, probably. And you know it's funny because like, you see like these documentaries of like them like writing music, and he's just always looking so stressed, like, oh, I've got a deadline, blah blah. <laughs> it's like, dude, you probably wrote this in five minutes. When I was looking at like the, I was double checking the, the years in which these albums were released, and I was surprised to find out that Significant Other came out in 1999, and then we double check like Chocolate Starfish came out like a year later. We just assumed that maybe it came out in 2001. No, it came out a year later. That was back when like bands were like putting out stuff like every year. Yeah. That doesn't happen that often. Now you're lucky if you get like two every two years, maybe two and a half years from a band. But that's why. Because it did not take him long to write lyrics. No, or fast. So But you know what? I think a lot of bands back in the day used to well, they probably still do, but they used to like start demoing and writing songs while they were on tour. And those bands used to tour the, you know, fucking everywhere. So they probably already had shit on, on um, ready to go. So let's get on to what we're we're here for, and that's the verses portion of this episode. Let's just take a look at Significant Other. So uh, Significant Other came out. It was released June twenty second, nineteen ninety nine, and this album was recorded by Terry Date. Actually, both albums were recorded by Terry Date. Like. Uh, maybe you can speak on more like what is the significance of terry date for the people that don't recognize that name like what albums is he or what bands has he worked with he worked with pantera worked with deftones i mean need i say more exactly like like big big bands i worked with like you know in the early stages of deftones career and yeah. stuff like that so very very influential and, so that and, tells you a and lot still to this day because then deftones record with him for yeah. albums yeah they went back which mm-hmm. and look how good that album was so significant other it peaks at number one actually both of these albums hit number one in the billboard charts so this album sold six hundred and forty three thousand eight hundred and seventy four copies in its first week alone and actually it's, it went on to sell 335,000 copies in its second week. They actually knocked off the Backstreet Boys, which were at number one at the time. That's fucking nuts. Because you think of that Backstreet album, that was huge. Everybody had it. You Dude, there was fucking pictures everywhere of Backstreet Boys. Every, every girl who went to elementary school had Backstreet Boys shirts or fucking, I don't know, backpacks and all that bullshit. Yeah, so they knocked them off. Like, that's, yeah... That's a big coup for them. So on the flip side, let's look at Chocolate Starfish. So Chocolate Starfish was released October 17th, 2000. Again, recorded by Terry Date. It also debuted at number one on the Billboard charts. And it went on to sell 
54,000, 1,054,511,000 copies in its first week. That's insane. That's, first week, dude. That's crazy. Can you just imagine being in that band and knowing at the end of the week how many albums you sold? Yeah, just think about it. Like, in a span of a year, so, like... When you, when you write a song about sipping on champagne from a seashell... <laughs> It's going to go straight to millions. Straight to the millions. Yeah, like in one year span, like they they hit it big with Significant Other. But I would probably say like Chocolate Starfish was probably like the peak of their popularity. Because you oh, see, yeah. just looking at these numbers, like, yeah, it, it hit uh, 400,000 copies in its first day sales. First day. It's crazy, dude. A second week sales, 392,000. Insane. It's the 18th best-selling album in the year of 2000. And I know, like, I don't know if that's how impressive that sounds, but, like, when you think about, like, all the major acts in 2000, like, it's a who's who's list of some of the most popular acts, everything from Britney Spears to Eminem to Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys in sync. Like, they're probably, like, the only metal band representing on that top 20. Yeah. We we, we talked about Korn, you know, on the last episode but corn's record sales are nowhere near limp biscuits record sales no it, it was a, it was a different animal man uh just a fun fact after uh chocolate starfish was released a week later hybrid theory was released and that album probably went on to sell more albums the following year in 2001 yeah i, I would, would be willing to bet that's 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 a versus episode we should probably do in the future, Meteor versus Hybrid Theory. Yeah, I think that'd be a really good one. Because that's an interesting album, because that's an album that didn't sell that much on its initial release, but it ended up like going on to sell like millions of records like almost like a year after it released. It did, because it was... It was a slow starter. I re- yeah, it was, because I remember in 2001, was uh, w- like, you know, probably mid-2001 to late-2001, everybody started buying hybrid theory you even people you know the same kind of people that that were buying significant other and chocolate starfish now like who liked rap and hip-hop and pop stuff now they were going and buying and in the end dude it was like was a really big crossover for those folks so yeah that's a that's an interesting one all right so before we get into it um a little fun fact that i that i found out just from wikipedia but like the alternate names for limb biscuit originally (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna name some for you. What do you think about the name Limp Biscuit as it, a name? It's stupid, but it makes a point. <laughs> like you know what you're getting when you listen to it. <laughs> so it's the tone, right? But like you could say that about like any band. Like Corn is a stupid name. Corn with the K. But it, it doesn't make sense, but it works. It works, and I don't know what else that band would be called now. I mean, pretty much every band from that era had a stupid name slipknot's a cool name that's a cool name i don't know what it means mudvane that's a cool name i don't know what it means crazy town <laughs> that's all right <laughs> that's another album that like debuted like in like 99 or 2000 and it wasn't until like 2001 that butterfly became a single and they started selling albums too do you want to do a versus episode of crazy town did they have a second album? Uh, they did, but I didn't listen to it. Um, but I do think we should. We should. I should force you to listen to the Gift of Game and and have you like give a review on it. That'd be a good one. Yeah, maybe later. <laughs> anyway, alternate names for Limp Biscuit. One of them is Gimp Disco. 
But I mean, like, that's a stupid name, but like, is it that much worse than Limp Biscuit? Probably no, not. that's what I was thinking. Like, that might have worked too. <laughs> Gimp Disco. <laughs> you know, I was actually I was actually wondering about it, like, you know that Emir out that Emir song, Gypsy Disco? Yeah. I wonder if they were like just knowing like how much Frankie is influenced by Emir, I wonder if like maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But maybe. I wouldn't, you know, put it past them to be no. honest. Uh he, the, here's another one I think is pretty good. Uh Split Dick Slit. I remember hearing that one. That's a that's a mouthful. That's yeah, that doesn't I, roll off the tongue. No, I wouldn't be able to say S- that one. Split dick slit. Split, split say that three split, times. Split dick back. slit, split dick slit, split dick slit. Wow. It's impressive. Good, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Candyman, candyman. <laughs> this is probably my favorite. Bitch piglet. <laughs> that's so dumb. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Actually that that probably could have been a song. Bitch piglet! <laughs> bitch piglet oh bitch piglet's in the house y'all oh oh bother oh bother it's Pooh bear come over here bitch piglet i want some honey <laughs> oh that's so bad actually and then actually maybe this is this is probably your favorite one the fourth one is blood fart <laughs> no <laughs> no not at all yeah so these could have been in an alternate universe, Limp Biscuit is called Blood Fart. Golly. Uh, what about the album art? Just comparing the album art, who, which album has the better artwork? Significant Other. Yeah, I think that's an easy one. But I do like the artwork for Chocolate Star. As stupid as it is, it's iconic, dude. It's iconic. Like, it's very memorable. It, it's fucking iconic. And um, I like the album artwork for both albums. Like, like the actual, like, uh, the... Um, what, what, am, what am I trying to say here? Like, when you actually, like, take out, like, the, the booklet and shit for both albums, like, the artwork is always cool. Um, it's memorable. I I loved I loved both of them, man. When you were a kid, I mean, we were, like, eight, nine years old, but, like, did it ever cross your mind, like, what Chocolate Starfish was? No, dude. I mean, here I am, fucking nine years old, you know, saying, I mean... I, I learned a lot of my vocabulary from the bands I listened to, and Fred Durst kind of ruined me. So I mean, um, I it never once like bothered. I never once bothered to think. Well, didn't he say that he's the he's yeah, the starfish? Yeah, he, because you silly motherfucker. <laughs> so for those of you uh, keeping tabs at home, Chocolate Starfish is an asshole. Yeah, and, and what his his uh, explanation for it is makes sense like in in his vision like he is the asshole and and the rest of the bands are the hot dog flavor water the piss water yeah you know like it's funny dude because or the dicks this is like this is the logic of limp biscuit because i remember like watching an interview like about gold cobra and <laughs> fred nurse is talking about the artwork for gold cobra and he's like yeah what we'll do is you know we'll get a cobra and we'll get these like these three like hot chicks like the cobra is like about to like you know get them whatever and then you have this guy over here behind a tree like all creepy and stiffing his finger and blah, blah. <laughs> it's like very literal it's like huh yeah it'll be called gold cobra and the cobra will be gold <laughs> because it's gold cobra it's so silly yeah so yeah this is an easy one significant other album artwork is 
it's the best and it's iconic man actually I mean, what i remember is like so i never bought significant other when it came out but i remember that poster was everywhere i remember like seeing it on on people's walls didn't like, I, I have one probably maybe that's I'd, where i remember like because i think even my cousins probably had it on their walls and i thought that was like you know who how, else had it on their wall who little nicky did he yeah and and wow. i I'm, I'm pretty sure he did uh go watch little nicky everybody and look at his room He's got so many badass posters and, and significant other is there. Fact check. Somebody, ch- yeah, double I'm, check I'm that for I'm pretty sure us. it's there. And, and so is Slipknot self-titled, just say. That's badass. Yeah, it was cool. So, yeah, yeah, I remember that poster. Actually, I remember that poster. I remember the 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 corn uh, uh, promo shot with all of them on, like, the lowrider bikes. I remember that was a big poster. I had a little one, yeah. Bro, do you one. remember? You could buy those posters at Walmart. Dude, yes. Dude, they would sell, like, like they would sell those there... Man, man, Walmart was fucking cool back in the day, dude. That's that's how big Limp Biscuit was because like, it's again, it sounds so silly. Just like I don't even think they have posters at Walmart anymore. No, but let me tell you, Walmart did have a cool CD selection. Remember yeah. that? So I mean, they used to sell like filter CDs, Limp Biscuit, Corn. They used to sell like all the Metallica CDs. They sold Deadsy's album there. Really? They did. I remember that. They sold the Family Values tour CDs that came out. They would always sell them at Walmart. Like I remember, like you'd have Britney Spears posters, you have NSYNC posters, and the only like metal representation was that significant other Limp Biscuit poster. And I always thought like that was so cool. And I saw people like who only listened to like rap and hip hop. They had that album. They had that poster. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even listen to any other metal. Yeah. But, like, that was their album. Yeah, dude. Like, there was people who, like... Like, if you, Slipknot was, like, way too heavy for those people back in the day. But, like, Limp Bizkit, they could get into. Even Corn was kind of too heavy for some of these people. But, like, they could get into Limp Bizkit. Easy. It was, like... It was, like, the perfect gateway band for that time. So, yeah, we're giving it to Significant Other. And just even, like, the album titles significant that's a badass that's a I badass title i i kind of like chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water it's a great album title but significant it's just cooler significant others kind of like ar- I, I like brief it's brief and also like like didn't you say you want to get like a significant other tattoo like one day i'm going to i was thinking about doing like a significant other issues mashup somehow okay if there's a way that somebody can like come up with something that'll be cool but I am going to get that for sure, just because, not so much because, like, I mean, it's one of my favorite albums, but at the same time, it, it reminds me of, like, a, a good point in my life and good ch- my, my childhood. Good times. All right, so we should probably, like, break these down the way we did last time, so we'll I go three so. and three. I think, I think for this one, we got to do the first actual track against each other and then do, like, the two or three and three. What do you think? Um... Or you know what? Let's, let's do let's, include let, the three. Let's we'll do the three and three, but I'll we'll talk It'll about. It'll even out. It'll we'll, even we'll, out. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So let's do that. So if we're looking at the significant other versus chocolate starfish, what is the better intro? This is not, not a test. This is reality. So that is a badass intro. Any other, if that was put up against any other intro, that would win. But I think the significant other intro is just slightly better. Do you want the worst? You got the worst? You call you, back to Kiss? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. What, what did he say? Go get the fucking Backstreet Boys CD. <laughs> Go 
it's slightly darker it's it's just slightly cooler so like both of them are right there but i gotta give it to significant other I, I, like what was the co- what's the cooler intro what would you rather come out to you the chocolate starfish intro really okay yeah. we're see we just started and we're split okay okay i mean i i i agree with you on, on that one's good dude i remember like remember like my mom used to be my mom used to sing when we were growing up and even like still we would used to live with me <laughs> limp biscuits in the <laughs> who's awesome. in the house limp my mom See, that's a fun one even my mom like knew those songs like the intros it's kind of funny this is gonna be a hard <laughs> one because significant other uh has that iconic intro the second track just like this the third track nookie mm-hmm. which is probably the one of the most recognized new metal songs of all time. It's probably, it's got to be my top three or four favorite Limp Bizkit song. It's a song that we used to cover. Yeah, we covered it, and I want to do it again, actually. We fucking killed it. It's the only Limp Bizkit song that we covered. Yeah, I don't think we, we should t- cover more. Dude, There's so many good picks. Full Nelson. You you're the, oh. you're, Remember when you told us we should do it? Oh, so good. We, we, we still need to do that. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, Chocolate Starfish. Intro, second track, Hot dog. Number three, my generation. Hot dog, dude. Like I sent you a video like maybe last week and I thought it was awesome because it's it's a video of Limp Bizkit backstage and they're hanging out with John Davis. And I thought it was so cool because it's the very first time that Fred Durst is showing Hot Dog to uh, Jonathan Davis. So it's his first time listening to it. And just to see him like laughing and like a grin on his face when he hears like the Nine Inch Nails lines, mm-hmm. like it, it reminds me of like when, you know, when you show like your latest single to like another homie band to like before it's even been released or like, you know. Even when we gone to record with Josh, you know, in the studio, and he'll show us like some stuff that other people were gonna. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> I don't. Sorry, sorry to any of those bad folks. We heard some of those songs before you released it. But we, but 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 you know, he did say he showed a few people our songs, and we didn't. It wasn't. That's we were, why I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he we we, us. we were cool with it. We don't care. But it, it's like that. It's so exciting when you can show somebody like before, like every anybody else, like there's. You know, there's some bands that have sent me some songs before they released it. And it's, it's, yeah, I love it. So just to see like that, you know, these big successful bands and they're doing that because they're genuine like friends. Like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Um, that's such a great song. Hot Dog? Yeah. Dude, no, yeah. If we're going to pick, what you know, between Hot Dog and just like this, Hot Dog wins. Dude, that song goes hard, bro. Yeah. Like, what song would you rather come out and start playing first? Fuck yeah. Yeah. So just like setting the tone. So you have the intros, but like, you got it. You got to grab their attention. Like the first song. So, yeah, Hot Dog. Yeah, that's a better starter than Just Like This, and that's because Just Like This is a pretty good song. It's a good song. It's a good song. But I mean, like, it was cool because like Just Like This isn't. I mean, it's it's not a very heavy song, but Hot Dog is very heavy. And like Chocolate Starfish was supposed to be like more of the um, kind of more accessible kind of crossover album, 
maybe that they were trying to go for. I could be wrong, but re- regardless, it's more fun. It's more fun, but I mean, that's got they got some heavy ass riffs on that album. Hot dog just like goes for the throat. Like that's like the shit stir song. Like what was there? Like what was the beef? Do you remember? Like what was the beef between him and Trent Reznor? Was it? I think just because you know, I don't think I don't think Fred ever said anything first. I think just Trent Reznor just called. Fred Durst an idiot. He probably just didn't like him. Yeah, he just didn't like him, and he and so like of course Fred Durst is like, Man, fuck you, yeah, fuck you, motherfucker. You know, dude, that's that's the ultimate like, dude, ultimate diss. Exactly. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Nine Inch Nails. Like, they're one of my favorite bands, but like Fred to take their dude. most popular song and like just rip the chorus off. Yeah, like like Fred did that and I don't know if Fred ever said anything in the press about Trent Reznor or not. I think he has cuz I think Fred I think Fred Durst is a fan of Nine Inch Nails and I think he even said that he loved The Fragile when it came out. I could be wrong. But I mean, that's funny that he, he's like, "Okay, you think I'm an idiot? Well, this is what I'm going to do." <laughs> yeah, that song goes hard. Um I don't know if you want to talk about this, but like didn't your dad have like a super funny story of like the first time he met like your brother's wife. Okay, so this is a good story. So um, my dad is a really big Limp Bizkit fan too. In case <laughs> even that, wondering. even that is super funny. I think because your dad like listened to all the bands. He he took you to all the Ozfest, but like <laughs> I think still to this day, like Limp Bizkit is like one of his favorite bands. Oh of all yeah, the bands you all my to. my dad of like all those bands from that era. Limp Bizkit's probably at the top of my dad's favorite bands from that from that time frame. So um, my dad used to have this Tacoma, and um, he always would borrow my Limp Bizkit CDs. And so um, this wasn't that long ago, actually, but he had a uh, he had Chocolate Starfish in the, in the uh, CD player. But the problem was my dad's volume knob on his in his Tacoma. If you tried to turn it down, it would turn it up, and if you tried to turn it up, um, it it was like it was like really hard to like get a good volume on that so my uh my sister-in-law's mom was driving into town and this is the first time they ever met them <laughs> yeah like they were, so, they, were, they were from like another state yeah they're from right? california so they flew she, in yeah yeah so she flew in she's from california she's trying to find my parents house and she couldn't find it so she got lost so my dad got in his truck to go find her so um he finally finds where, where her vehicle is at or where she's at and so he's like rolling down the window and trying to turn down the volume and all you know all that's playing is he's rolling down the window trying to turn it down is and he's trying to like tell her like oh it's me he's like you wanna fuck me like an animal And it's just it's just fucking Fred Durst saying fuck like a thousand times in hot dog and my dad's like oh 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 <laughs> I could just imagine like uh, trying to turn it down. He's like just turn it off. <laughs> like why are we trying to turn it down when it doesn't work? So that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> First impressions of it's uh, like oh dude. you can't marry this guy. His dad likes Limp Biscuit. <laughs> that song he said fuck. <laughs> 50, 50 times, times. <laughs> if he says fuck two more times it's 46, 46 <laughs> bucks and he's bucked up bro oh so good um so we talked about hot dog but like my generation that's a fun song too classic classic so the <laughs> john otto take him to the, take matthews, him to the bridge. matthews bridge iconic dude that drum beat can you feel it oh 
So good. So okay, so this is a hard one because Nookie is iconic. It's probably one of their biggest hits. Just like this, it's a fun song. It's a good opener. So we're putting those three songs against Hot Dog and My Generation. What do you got? I'm giving it to Chocolate Starfish just because of Hot Dog. I have to give it to Nookie because it's a it's. You think that super, that like Nookie uh, is a supersedes like Hot Dog? Okay. Yeah, man. That's and really, the intro. That, that's hard for me to say though. Um, if we. I think Nookie is so good that it beats the intro for Chocolate Starfish and um, My Generation. So depending on the day, I, I can see your point. But I, I, I think because Hot Dog is kind of one of the more underrated and underappreciated well, that's tracks. Well, that's the problem I'm having is because I've listened to Hot Dog more than I've listened to Nookie. How many times have you heard Nookie? It's been played to death. So like, But I still love it when I hear it's it. It's still so yeah, good. Yeah, it's so good. So uh, for me, I'm going to say Hot Dog and my I'm, generation just because Hot Dog is probably... We should, we should be keeping track of this. So like this first round, I picked Chocolate picked Starfish. I'm oh, sorry, uh, significant, significant Other, and you picked Chocolate Starfish. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, so so we're one and one. Okay. Okay. So significant other number four, five, and six is break stuff. Mm. That's another one. So mm-hmm. Nookie is a huge hit for Limp Biscuit. Break stuff is right up there. Iconic. Number five, rearrange. Classic. Another good one. Six, I'm broke. Dun, 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 dun. Stupid lyrics, but that first riff goes hard. Yeah. I love that song. And then we look at the other side. So number four, Full Nelson. Why is everybody always picking on me? Four, Full Nelson. Five, My Way. Huge. Mm -hmm. Number six, Rollin'. The biggest song they ever put out. The most commercially successful song. Probably the only song I never want to hear again. But if I hear it, it's still fun. Yeah, like I don't listen to that song, but when I watched Limp Bizkit live, and like that when I saw him live that one time, you still know all the I, words. I sang all the words. I did the rolling motion. I did it all, man. And he, it's not even like un like it's not even like ironic. Like I do like unironic. I love that song. It's a good song, but I don't want to hear it. No, I've heard it too many times. But. Still, like, it's their biggest song. So, I mean, we have to take that into consideration. Just because, like, maybe I don't want to hear that song, that doesn't, like, devalue the fact that it's their biggest song. And that, you know, so many people, like, heard and, you know, bought that song. Um, This is a hard one. This is a hard one because it's the same kind of formula. Heavy song, softer song. Well, at least those two, like like if you pin up I'm Baroque versus Full Nelson and then you pin up Rearranged versus My Way, like, you know, they're they're My Way and, and Rearranged are not very heavy songs. I think I like Rearranged more than I like My Way, but which one is the better song? So I think on the Chocolate Starfish side, My Way and Rolling are probably the more like mainstream accessible songs and on the significant other side are the more like obscure maybe heavy like fun songs so it just depends like what you like do you want like the 
Like, I, uh, poppier songs, or do you want, like, the heavier songs? That's the thing. is like, I like Full Nelson. Like, of all those songs you just said, like, Full Nelson's my favorite. But... I do want to point out that My Way is significant, at least for me and for a lot of people who are wrestling fans, because My Way was used in the promo package for WrestleMania 17. Stone Cold Steve Austin will be in the main event at WrestleMania. Oh, hell yeah! Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock, it's still one of the best video packages for wrestling that they've ever done if you if you have a chance everybody needs to go to youtube right now and go look up that video package like that's still like imprinted in my memory of just that feud the two biggest wrestling stars the two most popular wrestling stars of the late 90s early 2000s against each other at the biggest like wrestlemania of all time and limp biscuit was like the song for that video package. You are gonna get the absolute best of The Rock at WrestleMania. I need to beat you up. I need it more than anything that you can ever imagine. There can be only one World Wrestling Federation champion, and that will be Rock Stone Cold Steve Austin. With all due respect. I have to, like, just in my head, I gotta give it to Chocolate Starfish just because of that because full nelson is such a like badass heavy song and because my way is just like so like it's just like embedded in my brain in my dna that like when i think of that song i think of wrestlemania 17 like instantly i'm i feel obligated to give it to chocolate starfish just because i like full nelson that much so yeah my vote's going to chocolate starfish this one and that's because like dude I don't want to undersell break stuff. No, dude. So heavy. Like, like break stuff is like that's another that was a that was a single off that album. People love that song. But I mean, I just I think Full Nelson's a better song. Uh, but I don't know. More obscure song, too. It's a more obscure song and to me like I I but that's not but then I think about like when I was a kid and how much I listened to break stuff when I was a kid, you know. I'm still going to go I'm going to go Chocolate Starfish on this one, dude. Yeah, so I feel like it could go either way. So I think I got two for chocolate starfish. You got one for significant and one for chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going on to the next set. Number seven on significant other is uh, Nobody Like You. Honestly, I think that's top three favorite limp biscuit tracks for not, me not only that dude but it's got three of my favorite vocalists jonathan davis and scott Weiland, and, and fred durst and fred durst three of my favorite vocalists and like frontmen with like bands that i love and i'm like i'm spoils like i get like that just is so weird it's like hey let's listen to limp biscuit oh this song has jonathan davis and scott Weiland. <laughs> So this is how late I am. Like I never like it took me a, the longest time to even realize that Scott Weiland was on that track. Yeah, he's at like like it. Yeah, I didn't realize it because obviously John Davis, you know, he's he has a big part. But like, yeah, those singing parts are, you know. I Scott. got a reason I don't wanna let go. Even yeah. that is like weird. Like what's 
I, I just assumed that they were just friends. I, I forgot, you know, they, they, so they, they did a, a documentary about, like, them making, like, Significant Other, and, like, you can find it on YouTube, and, like, they actually have footage of, like, Scott Weiland and their recording, and they they talk about how it kind of came to be, which was kind of cool. I forgot how it was, but it was badass. So, we have Nobody Like You, great underrated song. I love it. Depending on the date, that's my favorite Dude, that riff, song. that riff alone. And John Davis' vocalist, like his vocals on that song. Scary. I find it hard to confide. Dude, some of those riffs, like, that could easily be like a corn song. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Like, they're kind of borrowing elements from corn, like, easily. And, like, the vibes. Like, that's a very different vibe for. Olympus is usually like fun. Like that's a dark song. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind mm-hmm. of out of their wheelhouse. But on on both of these albums, you, you they're showing a lot of range and dynamics. They're doing fun songs, they're doing serious songs, and they're doing like, you know, they're doing the hip hop song. They're doing a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so number eight is Don't Go Off Wandering. That's a good that's song. That's a good one. Every day is nothing but stress to me. Number nine, nineteen ninety nine. Oh dude. If you wanted to like, uh, if you wanted to AI generate what a new metal riff is, like that's it. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, that's like every new metal yeah. riff. Like if you wanted to replicate it, that's it. Dude, I I remember being. This is so obscure, but there was a movie I think called The Way of the Gun, and I think that it starred Benicio del Toro, and um, I remember going to the old th- movie theater in Harlingen to go watch a movie with my aunt and uncle took us. And of course we were little kids. I mean, fucking it was significant other era. And so that movie used 1999, like the song in the trailer. And I was just like, fuck yeah. Actually, you know what? In hindsight, maybe it wasn't 1999. It might've been break stuff, but there was another movie that used 1999 in the trailer. And I was like super stoked. Either way, I was like super stoked that I heard a Limp Biscuit song in a movie theater. So that's a great set. On the Chocolate Starfish side, we have number seven, Living It Up, mm. eight, The One, and nine, Get Your Groove On. Mm. Isn't Get Your Groove On? Isn't that like a hip hop track? You don't want to fuck with me today. Yeah. So this one's easy. Significant other. Yeah, I, ha- I have to do it. Yeah. But Living, Living it, up it Up is a fun song. And the one is a great song. Living up, Ben Stiller. Dedicating to you, Ben Stiller. You are my favorite motherfucker. I told you. Number eight, the one. That's another one. One of my favorite Limp Bizkit songs. It's so good, dude. This is where I like. I I can't. I can't like get with people who say like. You know, you know they they suck. They're shitty lyricists because they can do like serious songs, like you know, kind of this catchy like serious like ballads. Dude, it's like it's like, kind of a ballad. Well, yeah, I mean, like you have to give them credit. I mean, the thing about like walking away from Gold Cobra, like that is like another one that's just like wow, Limp Biscuit wrote this. But I mean, the only reason why I'm giving Significant Other this one is because it's three in a row. For this one, I don't really want to listen to Get Your Groove On. No. 
That negates like the that, whole that, set. That, I'm yeah, sorry. that's it. I mean, I have got three in a row. But the one is almost so good. It makes up for it. But I I can't. 1999, so good. Nobody like you. Like I just, all I three of those songs. Yeah, I can't do it. So that's that's a very very strong set. Yeah, I give it to Significant so, Other. So I'm two and one for Significant Other right now, right? Yeah, okay. I think so. So we're moving on to number 10 on Significant Other and Together, 11, Trust, 12, No Sex. That's a good set, too. Um, Trust, that's a great song. Yeah. Backstabbers! That's a good song. Just that riff, like, that's another... Dude, that that'd be a good one to cover too. Yeah. Shit. Ah, I'm too fucking good. Yeah, it's a good song, dude. They're they're just so good at just like bringing the grooves. And you know what's funny? Just like we've always talked about how um Wes Borland always seemed like he was like he hated being Limp Biscuit. But it's like, why, dude? You came up with so many cool riffs. <laughs> what was cool is in my research, I found an interview where he said, like, I love being in Limp Bizkit now. Like, ever since they, they reunited and they're doing, like, all these festival tours, he's like, back then, you know, I just when we were the most popular band, like, maybe it was a little difficult to enjoy it. But now, <clears> like, <throat> the fact that they're kind of, like, out of, like, the limelight, but they can still do these big-time festivals and play in front of, like, like 50,000 fans. And headline. Yeah. And at least co-headline. Do you know how much money, whether or not Slipknot would do it, but you know how much money a, a Slipknot and Limp Biscuit tour would make? Ooh. It'd be big. Because the fucking Slipknot fans, there's a lot of closet Limp Biscuit fans. They just don't want to fucking admit it, dude. They should. They should mend those I have fences. A hard, I have a hard time believing that somebody who likes the fucking song Snuff doesn't like a Limp Biscuit song. Come on. Snuff sucks. It's not that that much of a stretch. You're going to enjoy both bands. Yeah. Just, just do it. Fucking do it. Anyway. No, but um, yeah, that's um, just looking at these three songs. If we go to the Chocolate Starfish side, number 10, Take a Look Around. <laughs> Featured on the Mission Impossible soundtrack. Mission Impossible 2, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, Wait. dude, that out that soundtrack didn't have the Metallica song. Those I disappear. It? I disappear. Dude, that was a big huge damn, song. That's a big soundtrack. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> Lamp biscuit. <laughs> Lamp biscuits on this yeah. album. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good song. I actually really like that song. It's a good song. Dude. I don't know if like Metallica Elitist will like, you know, kill me because I, I said that, but that's a that's a good song. Dude, like I feel playing so, in the desert. Yeah, it's a good song. It's like when I tell people that like of all the Unforgivens, the Unforgiven two is probably my favorite. People probably don't want to hear me say that. I think Unforgiven Three is my favorite. Nobody <laughs> nobody says that. Nobody but says also that. it's like my favorite Metallica album is Injustice for All. So I mean Maybe that equals out. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. So, number 11, It'll Be Okay. Number 12, Boiler. That's another great song. Limp Bizkit wins this one, in my opinion. Limp Bizkit wins yeah. this one? I mean, no, talk to Starfish. <laughs> <laughs> um, shoot, man. Because It'll Be Okay is a great song. Trust and is so good, though. Trust is so good. You know but, I mean, Boiler is a really good song. And, and you know what? Take and, a look around. 
even though it's a super mainstream song, that is a great song. And also, like, that's another example. Chocolate Starfish is a great example of them kind of being a little, their sound is a little bit more mature. And they're kind of a little bit more, like, on the mainstream side. But, like, they're showing off their chops as, like, musicians. You know what's funny is, like, you know, and take a look around. Like, I've always thought this, um, that, you know, the line, the the, 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 the theme from yeah, yeah. Mission Impossible. Because I'm an idiot, a loser, microphone abuser. Yeah. That sounds like something West Borland would come up with and actually put in a song. Yeah. So that's why it's, like, every time it I... Works. Yeah, I'm, like, I hear that, I'm, like... This sounds like if Mission Impossible never existed in this universe, that sounds like something Wes Borland would still write and Limp Bizkit would like make a song out of it. I know why you hate me, because hate is all the world has even seen lately. Yeah. That came out in 2000. How much does that resonate like nowadays? Yeah, it's true. That's uh, 20 years ago and probably speaks louder nowadays than it did back then. So Fred Durst was ahead of the curve mm-hmm. he was speaking he's speaking the truth so the un- kind of the unquestionable truth questionable truth <laughs> uh, part one <laughs> i like how there's the unquestionable truth part one like implying that there will be a part two never came out <laughs> it's 2021 just, just like we're still waiting for the kung pao sequel <laughs> one day dude why hasn't that come out dude and the age of Netflix, like, come on. Come on. Just, like, just release it. Just do it. it. Just release it. <laughs> Fuck. Make it. Make it happen, Steve Odekirk. So. Or is it Bob Odekirk? Which one? Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odekirk's the guy from Better Call Saul, right? Yeah. Steve Odekirk's the, the director of Kung Pao. Yeah. I get mixed up with those two names. What else did he do? Uh, those I, thumb movies, right? I think he directed Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Really? I think so, yeah. Okay. See, we're learning something on the podcast. I wish I, like, I wish I fucking could like keep useful information in my head and instead i don't i keep this shit the director of kung pao (laughs) number 13 on the significant other side show me what you got hey ladies so good it's a good song you know what what i love about that song is because i always love songs especially like back in the day where where they would like reference like other bands or other artists and this is a song where they're referencing corn they're referencing terry date uh scott wyland they're throwing shout outs to, to wu-tang clan method man eminem les claypool <laughs> for acting like a fool <laughs> slim shady the crazy ass cracker <laughs> dude that was a back in the time where Limp Bizkit was friends with Eminem. Dude, Fuck. it's so it like it's so funny that like Fred Durst was like cool with like Primus because you wouldn't think <laughs> that Primus like was cool with Limp Bizkit. Yeah, you would think Primus would be like they suck. Yeah, but no, nah, I mean, Primus seemed pretty cool. I mean, they were they they toured the Family Values together. I just like I love it. I love those like shoutouts. I don't know why. Like I feel like more bands should do it. Like Amir did a they have a song on, on the new album where they do that and they're kind of dissing other bands, but I feel like it's in a like playful kind of way. Like, you know, it's I, a diss track, but like, I, I like it's all in good fun. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Just like, I'm cool with features when it makes sense. Like for instance, like when we put Antonio on skeleton sons, uh, I thought that was cool because it's like, I want to promote someone else's band too. 
that I know is going to serve the the song justice. And it was the perfect song for him. And too. it was the perfect song for him, and he fucking nailed it. So I, I, it's cool when they do that stuff. Yeah, Antonio. Wherever Antonio, you are, I hope I you're listening you, to it. Yeah, we miss I you. I miss you and your monstrous voice, bro. So we have Show Me What You Got, number 14, A Lesson Learned, and of course 15 is the outro, which is a lot like the intro, mm-hmm. basically, as we wind down on that album. Uh, on the Chocolate Starfish side, number 13 is Hold On. Number 14 is Rollin', Urban Assault Vehicle Mix. And number 15 is Outro. So on Chocolate Starfish... They gave you a second version rolling. And I hated it. And nobody asked nobody asked for it, but they gave it to you play anyway. That, play that fucking track. Balon has DMX. That's time. R.I.P. Rough Rider. Where my dog oh, 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 oh. R.I.P. man. R.I.P. bro. Nah. Exit wounds. <laughs> Fucking uh, Cradle to the Grave. Cradle to the Grave. Dude, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I like both those movies, man. I'll watch them Black both. Diamonds. They're looking for Black Diamonds. Wow. I forgot about that one. <laughs> um, This is an easy one. Significant Other. Yeah, I'm with you. Be- just because show me what you got. Yeah. And also the outro is a lot like the intro, and the intro is fucking badass. So the outro is badass. So I'll give you, I'll give you that one, Significant Other, easily. So tally up the points. Gryffindor care. wins. <laughs> Hufflepuff. <laughs> Hufflepuff. Uh, I don't want to fucking. Uh, no, no, yeah. So, if you're keeping score at home, I wasn't. But let's rate both of the albums, okay? That'll make things easier. So. Oh fuck you! S- I need to. I need my points. A scale of one to ten. What do you give Significant Other? What do you give Chocolate Starfish? I'll go first. Go ahead. So significant other i'm going to give a 9.5 and chocolate starfish i'm giving a nine so i give the win to significant other because quantity over quality it just has like so many like badass like heavy songs it's a fun album but there's also some serious stuff too so like there i was gonna ask you this like do you think there's a big difference between that album and Chocolate Starfish? Because we, we talked about this like last time, how Follow the Leader, there was a big difference from Issues, where Issues was more mature album there and was, darker. There was a difference, but not by not really. much. Not by much. Because like Slight. songs songs on Significant Other could have been on, you know, Chocolate Starfish. If anything, maybe Chocolate Starfish is kind of going for a little bit more serious mainstream songs. Yeah, but that, like, they, they were trying to do more radio-friendly kind of songs, I feel, but, on that. But to be fair, Significant Other has some serious songs, too. No, you're absolutely right. So, you know, I, I feel like both of them are up there, but I just got to give, like... There's some songs on Chocolate Starfish that I fucking love. They're in like my top ten, you know, Limp okay. Biscuit songs. So like, okay, so like when it comes to Chocolate Starfish, like the songs I listen to all the time, it's Hot Dog, Full Nelson, Living It Up, The One, The One, and probably It'll Be Okay. So that's six. So when I listen to Chocolate Starfish, I listen to Nookie. I listen to Rearrange. I listen stuff. to I'm Broke. You know, I kind of skip over Break Stuff because I heard it a bunch of times. But I listen to Nobody Like You. I listen to, like, Don't Go Off Wondering. Um, did I already say I'm Broke? 
Probably. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. So, 1999. I mean, 1999. Like, those, okay, so I'm going to give Chocolate Starfish a 9. But I'm going to give Significant Other a 9.47. Wow. Why, why did I just give it a 9.5? Because, you know. You don't want to copy me or what? No. no. Okay. I'm my own person. <laughs> You're an individual. So, wow, dude. I really thought I was going to pick Chocolate Starfish, but when I actually like dissect, significant other wins. If you were showing a person who's never listened to Limp Bizkit for the first time, which album would you show them? Probably Chocolate Starfish. I agree. But only because there's more accessible songs on that one that, are, that people would like. No, 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 no. Okay, like, if you're showing a regular person, which album would show Chocolate Starfish? If Chocolate you're somebody Starfish. who likes metal, but is kind of, like, on the fence of Limp Bizkit, Significant, significant other. other. Because I think if you show them that album, maybe um, that might change their mind. And maybe some of those pre-existing biases that they have, they could listen to that and be like, you know what? Maybe they're not so bad. They're actually kind of badass. Yeah, they're kind of fun. Do you have any closing like thoughts, words uh, for any one of these albums uh, or I the lo- band itself? I, I love them both. This band and these albums like just hold a special place in my heart because I can go back to so many times when we were kids and uh, you know, when I was listening to them. And I still remember buying both CDs when they came out, dude. Well, I mean, I didn't buy them right when they came out, but I remember buying Significant Other, I mean, obviously before Chocolate Starfish came out. What about you? No, nah, it's, 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 you know, some people say that they have, um, what do you call it? What's that word where they have, um, things that they don't want to admit? Guilty pleasures? Yeah. You know how some people say that they have guilty pleasures? Like, this is not a guilty pleasure. I fucking love Limp Bizkit. No, like, I, I, I straight up tell, like, a lot of my, a lot of my, like, metal elitist kind of friends, I tell them, I don't give a fuck. I love Limp Bizkit. Like, fucking, you fuck you <laughs> if you're not cool with it like i'm limp biscuit till i die man like limp biscuit fucking throws down if you're not down with it then hey whatever go listen to fucking then mate. shut the fuck then up shut the fuck up and go listen to your norwegian black metal that sounds like ass uh so what do you think should be the next versus episode you know what i'm going to anybody listening to this this is my challenge to you if you can think of a another two albums that you want to hear us uh featured on this podcast if you want to be the third person on this podcast to come on here and kind of be the tiebreaker and kind of argue why you like this album over another album like message us like give us some ideas because we have our own like you know we have our own like ideas of you know the albums that we want to do we want to do the you know slipknot self-title versus iowa i'm pretty sure i I don't want to do that one Really? No. Why not? Because Iowa's gonna beat it. Well, spoilers. Yeah, no, dude. I, I'm I'm sorry. Like, it's not even gonna not, be. It's not even gonna be a a, a contest. No, 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 no. It's okay because we're gonna get a third person who's gonna argue that. Okay. So, but, but no, we're uh, definitely but, doing. But that. Iowa's gonna win. But if there's something like we're open, to, you know what? We're open to all genres. It's like you know we're pretty well rounded. Like when it comes to metal, so if like. If you have an idea or if there's like an album that you like, like we should do a Tyler do the Creator one. 
That would be very That'd good. That'd be really good. You know, we've talked about like doing a Linkin Park episode. That's uh, probably going to be the next one. You know, uh, an Atreyu. We talked about doing an Atreyu. Oh, yeah, we did talk about doing an Atreyu. The Curse versus uh, A Death Grip on Yesterday. Let's do it. Can Let's... we do like a verse, Marilyn Manson versus, or are we still canceled, or is he still canceled? No, fuck it, we're doing. It's our podcast. Okay. Nobody, nobody listens to this okay. anyway. So I, I think we got to do like like mechanical animals versus like, like Hollywood? Hollywood or Oof. our Antichrist superstar. Oof. Oh, so good. There you go. So send us your ideas. I think this pretty much wraps us up. So for Nick and myself, this has been the Fiends Podcast. We'll see you next week. Shut the fuck up. Get real.